Welcome to the Sports the Show. I'm DJ Pat Nasty, and I'm here with Malcolm Marzette. And we've got a great episode for you guys today, uh, discussing all of the action from the Week 16 in the NFL. Uh, we're getting close here to the final week of the season as uh, we move into Week 17. But a lot of the action from the holiday weekend and holiday week as we had games Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, a big slate of games over the holiday. Uh, We hope everyone had a wonderful holiday uh, weekend and Monday. But uh, the games themselves, Malcolm, uh, we talked about the Rams and Saints game on our last show before the holiday break. Uh, This Saturday slate of games was pretty interesting. The Bills coming back in to focus, uh, getting a strong win against the Chargers. uh, And, you know, the Steelers just really mm-hmm. dominating the Bengals. Uh, like you said, Malcolm, the Steelers could still end up with a 10-win season. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's very interesting. You got people calling for Tomlin to be out, and he's uh, still got two games left this year and might end with 10 wins. Uh, but going through the action overall, I think, you know, some of the biggest storylines were the Browns hitting 10 wins and the Lions winning the division, something that hasn't happened since the 40s in the mm-hmm. NFL for both of those teams to have uh 10-plus win seasons at the same time. With Browns, they're quietly at a 10-win season right now with Joe Flacco and a resurgence that no one expected to see. I mean, he is out here throwing 300-yard games. I think this is now the third in a row he's thrown, and it was against the Houston team that was without C.J. Stroud again, but but, you know, this was not really a close game. This was a front-running win by the Browns over a Texas team that's still fighting in the AFC South. Spoiler alert for all those that didn't watch the full weekend. Every single team in the AFC South lost, uh-huh. so no standings have changed. You still have a three-way tie for first in the South between the Jags, the Colts, the Texans, and then the Titans trailing at 5-10. and 10 really out of the conversation. Jags on a four-game slide. We'll talk about that in a moment. But the Texans with this loss, Malcolm, uh, they still have a you know very solid chance to go down these last two games, get a win, win the division. Uh, but that game itself was a... To me, almost like a career defining game for Joe Flacco with him having yet another 300 yard performance after being counted out for years now. I mean, it has been at least six years since Joe Flacco was a relevant quarterback in the NFL. How did you feel about the Browns' big win over the CJ Stroud list? Texans. No, I really, I really like the way Joe Flacco's going about it more. Really, really, it's he's almost like the perfect quarterback Cleveland needs. Very blue mm-hmm. collar, you know, not a scrambling quarterback, tall, kind of all shucks about it. But he has such a history of going on runs like this. It's, it feels really good to see him go on just the, the way he's went about it. He thought he was out of the picture and playing meaning of full football in late December is amazing for him. And Cleveland having a solid defense and what they went through with Hunt going down or excuse me, Chubb going down. Yeah. And then and then Deshaun Deshaun Watson, going down, yeah. right. And you think they were in the water, like what you said, normally the team gets a, a new quarterback and it just kind of like salvaged the season. And he's starting to he's he's starting to put up games, keeping them in games. And they're a dangerous team. Like we said, the last couple of weeks when they get into the playoffs, this is a dangerous team that could take out a Kansas City or a Buffalo yeah. or even a Miami. You know, mm-hmm. you never know because styles kind of make the fights when it comes to the playoffs. One of those teams you do not want to see in the playoffs. And Houston isn't the same Houston team that you could just run over. Um, even though it was front running, they they did it in very playoff fashion. So yeah. um, I like the way Cleveland is playing right now. It's They have AFC North, like Cleveland yeah. and Pittsburgh are playing meaningful football right now mm-hmm. um, With the, as far as effort is concerned. But Cleveland is the real deal. And if you didn't have the Ravens doing what they're doing this year, I mean, 
mean, that division has so many different storylines, but the Browns in general, we would be remiss not to mention the career day Amari Cooper had breaking the single game receiving record in Cleveland Browns history uh, Mm -hmm. with his incredible performance. You know, this is a receiver that had a lot of flack at it thrown at him for, you know, not getting it, quote unquote, done in Dallas. But, you know, he's having a resurgence along with Joe Flacco, Uh, 11 receptions, 265 yards and two touchdowns. Just an incredible day for him. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see this team in the playoffs because they're most likely going to be playoff bound. And I mean, a 10 win season in a tough, tough AFC North where everyone's starting quarterback except Lamar, knock on wood, is being, you know, changed around. It's crazy to see that. But on the flip side of that historic weekend, uh, winning wise, you had the Lions beating the Vikings, uh, taking the title of the NFC North for the first time since 1993, when the division was known as the NFC Central. There was no Mm -hmm. NFC North the last time. Jacksonville. Yep. That the uh, Viking or the Lions won. Uh, But with the Lions big win, you know, playoff bound, they're going to get potentially a home game if they can win uh, these last two games, another game against the the Vikings here uh, to close the season out. Vikings still in the hunt for a wild card spot. That wild card race is thick with seven and eight and eight, eight and seven teams right now. Um, the the playoff race in the NFC looking like it's going to come down to the Rams, Seahawks, Vikings, Packers, Falcons, Saints for those uh, wild card slots for that last wild card slot. While it looks like the Cowboys or the Eagles are a front runner to take the first wild card slot. But divisionally, you know, in the north, in the west, in the east, there are, you know, dominant teams. I mean, the south is the one we don't know about and we're going to continue to not know about because we had a big weekend with that division as well, where you have Falcons. Falcons beating the Colts, getting into the race, really moving the needle forward on their chances. The Buccaneers act, you know, just absolutely thrashing the Jaguars, injuring Trevor Lawrence along in that uh, winning effort. And then the Saints like we talked about in the last episode, losing and really kind of putting a damper on their hopes for a division title uh, by losing to the Rams. Malcolm, with this NFC South as chaotic as it still is, uh, are you seeing the Buccaneers as the clear-cut favorite or is it still anybody's division to win in this terrible, terrible division? I would lean a little bit more towards Tampa Bay, but Atlanta doesn't want to give up. It's seems like they're they're that Jacqueline Hyde. And if you give Atlanta a shot at home to win the division, then in perfect fashion, they'll do that. And then they have to play um, somebody like the likes of Philly or San Francisco uh, to get in. But um, I I really am leaning more towards Tampa. They've been more consistent as of the last, I would say, three weeks. They've mm-hmm. been trending like they want to play meaningful football, whereas like yeah. Atlanta, it's just if they're away, they, they're somebody else. And if they're home, they look like a legitimate playoff team that could beat uh, most playoff teams. So mm-hmm. it's all Atlanta's to lose, I think. If I was yeah. to write it, I would say it's Atlanta's to lose. Tampa is, okay. is wants to take it, but if Atlanta wants to step up, they can. And well, they have all the shots in the world these last two weeks. I mean, I definitely think it's the Bucks as the favorite right now. And I mean, with the way Baker Mayfield's been playing and this defense has really been stepping up. Yes, they haven't had necessarily the toughest opponents recently. Uh, the Jags seeming like they're kind of falling off a cliff as we get later and later in the season. Um, you know, the Falcons, they lost to the 
the Panthers. I just can't, you know, go go and give that an okay pass, even though the Panthers almost beat the Packers on mm-hmm. Sunday. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this Buccaneers team is a really strong team, and I think they're probably going to end up winning the division. But on the other end of that Bucks and Falcons game, the two AFC South teams losing. Again, focusing on the AFC South, you had Gardner Minshew absolutely ineffective against the Falcons defense that, yes, is pretty good. But that Colts team was just deficient. And Jonathan Taylor was not able to get anything going. They started going down early and you started seeing more and more passing. But Minshew not even able to muster a passing touchdown. Uh, You know, do you think the Colts could bounce back from a such a heavy loss against a team that they were slated to be in Atlanta. No, I don't really think. I think this was like the Colts' last hurrah right here. If they weren't able to make this win, then I don't think they deserve to be in the playoffs just from how strong the AFC is from top to bottom. There's still a slight chance, but I think without when, uh, without Richardson, yeah. they're they're not a legitimate playoff team. Just an anomaly. And then real quick on the other end, the Jaguars now on a severe losing streak, uh, not being able to get it done yet again this week against a Tampa Bay team that has been playing well, but the Jags on a four-game losing streak playing terrible on the road this year at 8-7, and seven, still got the leading tie break in the AFC South if it does come down to a tie. But this team, you know, they're finishing the season this week against the Panthers and then against the last place Titans in the AFC South. Do you think the Jags are still going to be able to pull off this division win uh, with their remaining schedule they have left i don't with the titans in particular i I just don't think they're firing on all accords it's almost a too little too late with the titans Mm -hmm. to me this division is all houston's to take well i mean with the jaguars with those two games them playing the panthers and then playing the titans who are five and ten you know the colts are finishing their season with raiders texans which you know we know the raiders are a really good team and hiding at this point and the texans are doing a titans texans and texans colt you know the jags only have titans remaining out of a division opponent in these last two games i don't even think jacksonville will be able to close it out i think they're more free falling and i think houston if the more time time is on their favor with houston so that cj can get back i believe Mm -hmm. If he's able to get back for that last game, he might be able to win. And then they barely get in with the Jacksonville loss. Um, than they would be in. So I'm, I'm leaning more towards Houston, but I don't think Jacksonville, especially with Trevor Lawrence's injury, I'm not sure how severe that's going to be looking forward. But if it's a shoulder yeah. injury, yeah. you know. He's at ankle, he's at so- shoulder, he, he's knee. really having a tough time this year. But no, I agree with you. I think the Texans will most likely end up sneaking in and winning this division uh, because if the, Pan- if the Jaguars aren't able to play with Trevor Trevor Lawrence this week against a Panthers team that has been scrappy. Uh, it could be an upset there. And then you mm-hmm. have, again, the Titans at the end of the season, which you just said, you know, be on the lookout for that potential upset. But a few other games before we get to the big three games uh, that we wanted to talk about over this weekend. Uh, Bears with a huge win over the Cardinals. Uh, Justin Fields just going crazy, playing well uh, defensively. The Bears look strong again with Montez Sweat against uh, Kyler Murray in this Cardinals offense. Uh, Cardinals, again, a team playing from behind in most of this game, actually in all of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, never really <laughs> able to establish a running game. Uh, kind of, you know, it, it, the plays were understood what they were going to do <laughs> and who they were going to, and they just couldn't get it done. Uh, but Malcolm, as those being your two teams, the Malcolm Bowl, how how did you feel that uh, this one played out? Uh, I I enjoyed the game. It, it highlighted Kyler Murray's flaws, and he, I think he got um, touched up a little bit throughout the game where he came in and out for a couple of plays. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great holiday Christmas gift to all the Chicago fans, family. You know, they got to see a game where their team put together four quarters. Yeah. Um, and meanwhile, you know, the meme, the easy team meme, <laughs> 
I'm yeah. laughing because it's like, all right, we gifted him that. Yeah. And Arizona plays Philly next week. So it's another holiday gift that keeps on giving. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know where these two quarterbacks, when I look at this game, I don't know where these two quarterbacks will be four years from now. I start to like, I look at it and I say, huh, mm-hmm. where are these two guys be four years from now? Will exactly. they be in the league? Will they be starting? Yeah. And then, yes, will they Just in the, be league. In the league? Yeah. No, it's <laughs> no, interesting. Starting is too much. Does to that mean for. both of these guys were future of the NFL type quarterbacks where it was yep. a lot put on them as they were drafted? Uh, Justin Fields not really given a shot as much. I feel like Kyler Murray has had better weapons around him, but, you know, we, we've we t- discussed his saga at length on this show. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was an interesting game but i think the bears still have great upside with dj moore and justin fields offensively and getting some defensive weapons there can really make a difference for them moving into next year i think this year's a wash and we'll see where their playoff or their uh draft rank ends up but uh we had the patriots with a uh upsetting win over the denver broncos as the broncos just looked stagnant throughout the entirety of the game until late in the fourth quarter uh russell wilson is being benched this week Mm. uh so you will not have russ starting for the broncos i'm not sure if it is completely injury related or if there is more of an issue uh between he and sean payton uh yeah he's being benched for jared stidham uh so for the remainder of the season supposedly as well Um, questions being set up could be his last game in Denver a lot of things floating around this Broncos team and this was a big catalyst to all of this unfolding this week Malcolm we've talked about the Broncos being a surprise team after ripping off I believe six straight wins after losing five straight games they have been the definition of streaky Uh, they're on two game lose streak right now still in the seven and eight mix of the AFC uh, but with so many eight and seven teams and nine and six teams and ten and five teams and eight and seven teams out here do you think the Broncos are toast after this severe loss to a Patriots team that no one had faith in well it's seven and eight Chargers and Raiders being able to somehow get close to a nine win season, I, I think they may be able to slip in, but I think internally, long term, there's no, I, I think there's very little foundation to build upon. There's something else going on. I'm surprised there isn't a leak happening mm-hmm. from what's going on at Sean Payton's camp to Russell Wilson's camp to uh, John Elway's camp. You know, somebody knows something. And I wish I could have been a boots on the ground to figure out why he got benched. Is it just because he's just playing bad? But um, it, I guess at the end of the day, you know, Broncos country, let's ride. You got two wins. If you get these two wins, you can figure it well, out. Russell but has had. I'm not going to be surprised if Denver loses these two, though. Yeah. I he, would not be surprised. He's had a rocky ride with Sean Payton this year where there's been the conflict openly, where he's talked about Russell Wilson. Uh, this could just be him losing faith and this kind of be the final nail in the coffin of a career that has just really precipitously declined since that Super Bowl run in Seattle and what he was doing at the peak of his Seahawks career. Um, On the other end, you had the Patriots getting a win in basically a Bill Belichick swan song, if you will. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know... I do want to kind of talk about that a little bit, though. But with... with, Finish your point. But with that, you know, you saw good defense defense from the Patriots, which is what that team is solely living on at this point. Mm-hmm. And Bailey Zappi playing well enough to get through uh, and give everyone Zappi holidays in Boston, as they said. But yeah. with, <laughs> with the Broncos, you know, you're seeing a team that their only hope is to win out and possibly compete for the division against the Chiefs. I'm not sure if they would have the tiebreaker 
But, you know, we're looking at an AFC West team where the Raiders may win the division because mm-hmm. the Chiefs continue to fall to and lose. continue That's to a big lose. Story. And we're going to talk in, about that game next with Malcolm. Make your not pick. in my top five. Yeah. Um, before we go into the Chiefs, what though, about the Belichick? With New England. Yeah. yeah with New England. Um, I still feel like he's one foot out the door, but for some reason, he still continues to to win games to like push other teams down and say, well, look, if you fire me, who are you going to get? Yeah. Right. Especially any other coach in his circumstance would start more, more or less collapsing the stuff for the, like the hardballs and the Tomlins of the world. I think the rest of the coaches around the league would just buy into the collapse plus the pressure in Boston uh, to do so. Um, I, I like the way Zappi played. He actually outdueled Russell Wilson in this game. He's not giving up the ball. Um, to me, that was the main issue was just finding consistency at quarterback. Yeah. Now that they have some sort of consistency at quarterback, they can put more influence on the defense, but it's too little too late. Mm-hmm. Um, they still got some time as far as like the rest of the season is concerned to make statements. At Buffalo, their next game would be an amazing uh, to add on to um, what you describe as a Belichick swan song of if he can blow out Buffalo in yeah. a fashion that's very um, impressive, you know, like a 20 point win or something mm-hmm. like that. That'd be incredible. And then to cap it off at New England, completely obliterate the Jets. I think he might be able to still keep his job. Yeah, but I'm not sure if he really wants it. Well, let's think about this also real quick. Out of the coaches that were coaching at the head coaching position, and we'll go to 2010 because that was a Belichick heyday. You have, you know, really in the league right now, John Harbaugh, Bill Belichick, Mike Tomlin, uh, Andy Reid, yep. uh, Mike McCarthy, and maybe Ron Rivera. I can't remember if Rivera was coaching, head coaching at that time but at the most you know most that that six coaches left this is a dying breed and sean payton i don't know if i said right. sean payton right but this is a dying breed and sean and payton carol right. was he there beat girl 2010 did he come or was that it was a little like, later it might have been okay. by then it may have been but edge. it so Splinters. seven or seven or eight, but you're right. about to see potentially a wave of these coaches in their, you know, home organizations. We've already seen Reed leave where he was. We already see, you know, uh, McCarthy leave. Uh, we've seen Sean Payton leave. Like it's really Belichick, Tomlin, Harbaugh, and uh, Reed. And well, Reed moved. That's what I'll say. Oh yeah, he would Belichick, just, Tomlin, Harbaugh. That's yeah. It. And and Pete Carroll, if he was coaching at that at that juncture, but let's just throw him in there for anyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, after this year, we may just be seeing a, you know, standalone of Pete Carroll at his spot and John Harbaugh at his spot. We don't know about Tomlin and Belichick. You know, we could be entering a new era of coaching like we've talked about in episodes past with quarterback era shifting before our eyes in recent years. I mean, this could be a huge coaching landscape shift and you know we might be seeing the future unveil right before our eyes but it's going to be interesting but leading to one of those coaches uh Andy Reid and his Chiefs losing to the Raiders 20 to 14 Raiders have been playing incredible ads of late uh Chiefs have continued to lose uh games that they are expected and should be winning four and four at home just really bad home play uh uh, they got the Bengals and the Chargers to finish the season out with a more favorable schedule for them. But the Raiders in position where they could potentially beat the Colts, beat the Broncos and tie the Chiefs if the Chiefs uh, lose out and get a playoff berth through the division round. That would be incredible. Mm-hmm. We would not have ever guessed that. And with the backup Aiden O'Connell playing well when it was Jimmy Garoppolo's team and we were all questioning, oh, is this going to work out? Well, he's out of the pictures. Aiden Connell going to be the man that leads the Las Vegas Raiders to a potential division uh, title for the first time in quite some time. Uh, it's going to be interesting. But Malcolm, real quick, what do you think's so, really just- heading to the Kansas City 
side, what do you think's really uh, giving them these woes that they're having as of recent? And do you think that they can right the ship in time for the playoffs? No, that's a great question. I want to add on to the Raiders. The the real question for them is, is Antonio Pierce the person you want leading this, this group? Because to me, once they got rid of McDaniel and they brought in Pierce, more of yeah. a player coach and somebody with a little bit of attitude, yeah. holding the players accountable, no, they've, they've changed great. their energy. Yeah. The energy has shifted. And I hope that the front office in Vegas is looking and saying, I think we might have our D'Amico Ryan tier yeah. and we need to uh, surround him with talent um, immediately. But with the Kansas City Chiefs, they, they're running into a buzzsaw. And I think also um, ever since that loss to um, Buffalo, to me, they 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 got a little bit into their heads. Mm-hmm. And I think they got a little ahead of themselves, thought that, oh, OK, somewhere halfway through the season, I felt the energy as far as how Kansas City was playing was like, oh, we're just waiting for the playoffs and we'll get there. Well, the rest of the other teams in the league are scratching and surviving and clawing to death. And then you run into a Raiders team led by Antonio Pierce with that New York Giants type of Super Bowl energy, mm-hmm. a student of a Bill Parcells. That's like, I don't give a, you know, yeah. you know what about you? I'm a, I'm a beat you right here, right now. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's a little bit of that, like the mentality throughout the season, a little bit of the Taylor Swift nonsense, right? Or just attention. I don't want to say nonsense. But then also, um, this is what happens when you switch up all of your skill position players throughout a season. You can't cultivate and gel as quickly as you want. And you can't yeah. turn it on when you want because most of these guys weren't there for any of these Super Bowl runs. So um, it's kind of a little bit of player's karma where you could have kept a a Tyreek Hill or um, maybe you should have kept some of your players instead of like um, shipping them on to other leagues or other um, divisions when you really need Mm -hmm. them at this time period right now. Yeah, no, it's uh, definitely a different day and age. Uh, It's looking like for Kansas City, it's going to be interesting to see if they can win on the road in the playoffs because that's something they haven't had to do. And uh, it's looking more and more like that's going to be the case for them. Uh, but and I'll, I'll give you the the Reishi, you know, the Reishi Rices of the world, yeah. the Pachecos. They're going to be awesome next year for fantasy. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong. They're not bad. It's just they need experience. They need, they need reps time. in yeah. order. Yeah. Well, let's get to the two big games of the weekend. They had two Super Bowl previews, potentially, with the Cowboys losing to the Miami Dolphins in a uh, interesting game throughout the whole game. Dolphins driving it down the field in the fourth quarter, holding it for just the last moment to kick a game-winning field goal, uh, Who was, which was kicked by Jason Sanders, who had five field goals in the game, uh, playing incredible, really providing the majority of the Dolphins' offense with that 15 points off of his yeah. foot, uh, 16 with the extra point kick, and Raheem Mostert only getting uh, the one touchdown getting a pass from Tua. Uh, Dallas, on the other hand, you had uh, two passing touchdowns from Dak Prescott, but this game was really close throughout the entirety of the game. Uh, You saw the Dolphins go up 13-7 to at half. The third quarter, not a ton of fireworks. The fourth quarter, Dallas made their run trying to come back, just not able to get the ball back to get a shot at a game-winning drive. Um, I think this game spoke more about the Dolphins and their ability to close out. They did suffer some injuries in the game that may be concerning later this year and into the playoffs, but winning the total yards, winning passing yards, you know, yards per play, they did incredible in Miami uh, against a really good Dallas team, and I think Dallas uh, is showing that while they are a strong team overall in every aspect. Uh, You know, Demarcus Lawrence was a crazy man on the field blowing through the Dolphins line. They still look beatable. And that is just something that they're going to have to show that, you know, we're unbeatable. But uh, we'll see what they can do in the playoffs. But I personally think this was a big win for the Dolphins and moving forward and setting them up for a home playoff run 
run potentially up until the AFC Championship game if they were to make that. Malcolm, how did you feel about the game? No, this is a huge win for Miami. This is the win that they needed. I, I the closeness of the game, the score, I think, un, uh, does undo justice to what this means for the Dolphins. Just Dolphins. I'm sure the fan base and this means that the Super Bowl is official official like as far as like what you beat the Cowboys and now you get all this media attention um not that they haven't deserved it all year long but this means like okay um we're officially there now you got two more games to go you know mm-hmm. um you have to face Baltimore and you got to face Buffalo but to me I think they've already solidified themselves they would like to, you know, beat those teams out, especially Baltimore and get the number one overall seed in the AFC. Uh, but I don't think that's really uh, it's almost like a, I think sometimes you don't want to have that top, top seed going to the NFL because then that upset makes it so much greater. I think with Miami, they work well, kind of right in the middle of the pack. And then mm-hmm. before you know it, they'll be at the top. Um, yeah. More of a smaller game, right? Three touchdowns in total, right? For the game. So mm-hmm. this is the typical Miami high-flying 70-point win. But this proved to me, and I hope most of the people that understand the game of football, is that like that was a playoff-style win. <laughs> Five field goals, staying in the thick of it, and then also getting four exactly. sacks on Dak. Mm-hmm. The four sacks on Dak really showed me the defense came to play as well. Yes. And um, what a Christmas, uh, Merry Christmas to those Miami people. Two more games. Uh, I'm not going to look too hard on this Buffalo. I mean, the Baltimore game, yeah. as most people will, because um, to me, those two teams, Baltimore and Miami, have solidified themselves as like playoff yeah. games. Well, playoff teams. And that's what I was about to get to. You know, this game between uh, Miami and Dallas really felt like the playoff game, a Super Bowl mm-hmm. preview. The quote Super Bowl preview game we were gonna, we got with the Baltimore Ravens and the Niners uh, felt like something was just off with San Francisco horrific and I mean I would have said the same thing if it was flip and Lamar throws four interceptions you know it has nothing to do with like Purdy. I can see ghetto Gronk with the Jamarcus Russell right there oh he would have but (laughs) in the rest of the world but not us but with, go ahead, go ahead. with that game, 33 to 19, Purdy, four interceptions, throwing three alone, I believe, in the first half. Mm-hmm. Uh, just incredible defense. Jadavian Clowney had a day JD. Uh, defensively. And that defensive uh, formation for Baltimore were just absolutely destructive, getting uh, a few different sacks own the 49ers and Purdy and then the interceptions just incredible uh 49ers allowed four sacks and had five interceptions thrown whereas Purdy threw four of those interceptions uh you had also Sam Darnold coming out which was a little bit of a weird situation at the end of the game Malcolm I don't know if you caught that last two series where Darnold did come in. Uh, he pick. did. He threw a pick, but he threw a touchdown. He threw the only touchdown to Christian McCaffrey. Uh, eight of 14, 81 yards, one touchdown, one pick for Darnold. But mm-hmm. Purdy, it, from what the announcers were saying, it seemed like he had a stinger from that hit that brought him out of the game, uh, which was the Jadavian Clowney sat in the fourth quarter uh, with Clowney pointing up at him when he got on, was on the ground. But <laughs> The South Carolina fashion, yeah. University of South Carolina. But um, Darnold coming in, you know, I think Kyle Shanahan basically indicated that if the game were closer, Purdy would have gone back in, but Kit Shanahan kind of phoned it in. It was like, you yeah. Bad game, bad beat. <laughs> but uh, with Dude, the privilege, man, you yeah. can't say or the double standard. I don't want to say a privilege. It's the incorrect word. It's a double standard here. Like, I like what you said. You brought it up. If it was reversed. Yeah. There wouldn't be a benefit of the doubt for oh, Baltimore, be no just like that. just like the how there isn't one for Philly. And um, I don't know what's wrong with the 49ers. I, I will chalk this up to one bad game. Right. But yes. it was the worst bad game you could possibly have against the team that you needed to win when you were at home. And yeah. then to me, they were well in hand. They 
Lamar put on a masterclass in this game of how to how to mm-hmm. how to destroy the Niners. And this is, you know, after the Niners went on a four game losing streak and then came back with a big five game winning streak, now losing again, finishing out the season against the Commanders on New Year's Eve and then the Rams uh, January 7th in San Francisco. Uh, always an interesting game when those two teams meet up and the Rams are a tough team to beat for any team in the NFL. But Malcolm, you know, I really think that this game was not as telling as the Dolphins-Cowboys game. I think this game Correct. was, you know, the Ravens proving they came out with something to prove and they proved. And the mm-hmm. 49ers just got caught in the world whirlwind and I think that you just had a team where you had so much on McCaffrey last week and Debo Mm -hmm. Samuel and all of these skill position players they can't bring you through every week your quarterback has to meet you halfway there as well and Uh, it's the antithesis of what happens in Baltimore with where the quarterback's carrying the whole team on his back beyond a doubt but he yeah it's like that but I don't want I mean, Zay Flowers is great, but he's doing this with Isaiah Likely when he had Mark Andrews, and he's making Isaiah Likely look great. Justice Hill, who's been (laughs) just... Nelson Aguilar, Pat. He's doing it very Brady-like. This is a very Brady-like run, not in his style of play, but the fact that it's like... The ball spreading. Exactly. And this elevating guys. Guys are playing better. and They play better with him. Yeah. You don't know what his Wes Welker is. It Maybe, you know, say, yeah, say. Say. say flowers is Lamar Jackson's West Walker. That's the best analogy. Yeah. Definitely. You got to patent that. But that's the best analogy. You could put it together where, wow, he's found his guy. He yeah. lo- He's lost players. He continues moving on. But at the end of the day, Lamar puts it on his shoulders and he's not throwing picks. Yeah. He's taking care of business. I mean, just look at Hollywood Brown before and Hollywood Brown now. Oh, I mean, it's yeah. night and day. But <laughs> exactly. Let's go ahead and get to our power rankings heading into week 17. Uh, we're going to have, I think, let me double check. Uh, just a few changes here. A little slide for two different teams as you and I both had the same uh, last Nope. Yep. We had the same last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to have the same or no, we'll have one different this week. But mm-hmm. We've got two teams sliding around in our power rankings. Um, I'll go ahead and start us off this week. Malcolm at number five, I have the NFC North division champs, the Detroit Lions at mm. five. Uh, this Lions team continuing to show that they can out grit teams and get wins in clutch time i don't know how far they have in their playoff life right now uh you're seeing jared golf still kind of having an up and down season at certain moments especially recently when the games have gotten a lot closer and uh you have more of a playoff atmosphere out here uh so it's going to be really interesting to see how the lions play these last two weeks and then what they do uh, when they get in the playoffs with that home game to start off. Uh, Who do you have at number five, Malcolm? I, too, have the Lions. Now, I'm concerned about their game coming up this week versus Dallas. To me, it's just a powder keg of hype. (laughs) I don't know who is who. I don't know what these teams will do, but Detroit deserves to be in that fifth spot. And then after Dallas's loss, they deserve to be out of the top five. But who knows if Dallas wins this week, they could maybe be back in the top five. But I want to see Detroit. They they've been more of more or less the more consistent team throughout the season and they deserve to be there at five. Yeah, totally agree with you there. At number four, I've got the Eagles this week. Philly uh, bouncing back after a tough, tough three-game slide there in the last couple of weeks uh, to the 49ers, Cowboys, and then the Seahawks, which that one I think really put the doubt in everyone's mind of is this Philadelphia team 
the team that they were last year. Statistically, they're not. I mean, they've had more turnovers this year. They've had some more issues controlling the ball. Jalen has not uh, played as efficient of a game. He's still getting numbers. He's still playing great. I think, you know, although we've talked about different people in the MVP races and you have advocated for him, I think we both agree Lamar is the clear-cut MVP Mm -hmm. this year. It's without a doubt after that game. It's over. But uh, this offense is playing well. DeAndre Swift, I just don't know if he's going to be the answer. They really need to get Kenneth Gainwell going more involved. He's a better cat pass catcher out of the backfield. Uh, A.J. Brown has still been playing at a high level. Devonta Smith, with his health concerns, I think that's a big issue. And then you need to get Goddard going and more involved in the passing game as well. Uh, defensively, the Eagles have been allowing more points recently. You saw that against the Giants Sunday, where they allowed 25 points against a team that the Saints, you know, shut down completely. Uh, I think that this Eagles team, you know, definitely for me is on notice as much as that needs from some guy <laughs> sitting literally. I'm sitting on a couch quarterback <laughs> you know monday monday morning quarterbacking here i'm like literally on a couch recording this but uh i got the eagles at four i think they'll be able to rise back up the rankings but coming into the nfc uh playoff race i think they're a clear-cut number two to san francisco but malcolm mm. who do you have at number four see i'm the opposite uh i have the 49ers at four um i put this team on notice uh on the sense of I think this team goes is how Brock Purdy goes, yeah. right? And throughout the season, I got enamored. Even at points, I was saying he was MVP. I, I gave yeah. him a couple of his shout outs. I was like, the way he manages this team is is at an elite level. But when you run into a defense that can sniff out all of that stuff or show you um, amoeba-style defenses where they have only one or two down D linemen and everybody else is on the line just moving around, yeah, <laughs> just moving around. You don't even know who is who. Um, I think they're confused. Using Brock Purdy and people are starting to figure him out, regardless of how strong your skill position players are, you Mm -hmm. have to be able to deliver the ball uh, efficiently from the pocket. And if you're not able to do that consistently, um, then you will be the one to make your team lose. Yeah. So with that loss, I just saw the clear cut difference between Brock Purdy and Lamar Jackson as far as like what's going to happen when everything's on the table. Right. Definitely. So for this week, I have them. I have them at four. Doesn't mean they both. He has an easy win or easy game coming up this this week at Washington. I, I anticipate them to move back up a little bit. But right now I just have them at, at the four position. OK, yeah, no, I've got uh, 49ers at number three. I liked what you said. Uh, I really agree with you about the them going as far as Brock Purdy could take them. And that's what we've seen with the 49ers year in and year out since the Jimmy Garoppolo era. Uh, Nick Mullins for his small time and we mm-hmm. see what he's doing in uh, Minnesota. Not that much. Um, right. And what Purdy's doing now, you know, we've seen and Trey Lance never got a chance really. Uh, but we're seeing what in San Francisco has kept them from winning a Super Bowl in the last five years, which is quarterback play, uh, potentially taking them only as far as their quarterback goes. So agree with you there, Malcolm. I think their defense is great. They do have some lapses, uh, not able to catch Lamar. That's never, mm-hmm. never going to be a winning formula. So we'll see what the 49ers can do if Trent Williams can come back fully healthy and mm-hmm. if this team overall can improve in terms of kind of playing a bit more clutch down the line in the season rather than uh, playing so hard early on. Who do you have at number three, Malcolm? At number three, I have Philadelphia. Um, In particular, just the fact that they got through that spell of those games that they lost, but in particular, this past game, to me, stopped the bleeding, and they can't lose to New York. But it, it, it's it's so strange when you see teams that play interdivision opponents, they give them so much more leeway. Like, it's, they give DeVito his opportunities to shine to make it compelling. Um, but Philadelphia, I agree with what you were saying. Everything you said about Philadelphia, especially comparing last year to this year, 
Um, the only thing I could say is just this year seems a little bit more the the compilation of games week after week is a little bit more uh, difficult and mm-hmm. taxing on the team. Um, but them at three, I like the way that they're playing. They got the Cardinals coming up, like I've said, this week. Now, if they lose to the Cardinals, um, I'll drop them out of the top five. You know, they're 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 on notice. Same as you, Pat. Like Mm-mm. I give them I'm going to give them enough praise to bounce them up. I, I allowed them leapfrog yeah. 49ers. OK, you got to win the 49ers lost. All right. Great. You're right there. But you lose another thing. And I, I won't even I don't even think I think putting them at number two in the NFC is being nice. Yeah. Uh, in comparison to what the way Detroit is playing mm-hmm. and how they kind of put their season together. Mm-hmm. They didn't take they didn't take so much of a slide. And, um, you know, I'm just I'm on the fence with this team. It seems week to week now. They got out of yeah. the hole. They got out of the gauntlet. Now these got these last two teams. If they take their foot off the gas, then they're not a for real playoff team. So yeah. uh, Eagles at three. But who do you have? Uh, well, at number two, I have got the Dolphins. Uh, mm-hmm. Miami finally realizing all of the hype they've had coming into the season, early on in the season. They've been up and down, up and down, up and down. Uh, with this Cowboys win, I think they solidified themselves as a top team in the NFL overall and uh, outside of my number one team I think they're the best team right now in the NFL Mm -hmm. I think this number one and number two power ranking team uh, have solidified themselves as the two best teams in the NFL and they just hope both happen to be in the same conference Uh, but Malcolm who do you have at your number two spot I also have Miami I don't know the soundtrack for their season. I don't know if it's hustling, hustling. I don't know if it's trick daddy. I'm a thug. They, they seem, seems to get, All I do is win. Right. All I do is win. They're getting a lot of hate. They, you know, God did. They didn't want Miami in. They hate Miami. Yep. Everybody hates Miami, but they're one of the most dynamic teams I've ever seen in, in my lifetime mm-hmm. um, of watching NFL. And they got one of the most important games of their season Mm -hmm. this this coming up but i don't think it's gonna be the one that will be the most definitive of what this team is if anything this team might get blown out by baltimore and then come back week that seems to be their style is they get knocked down they come back and they blow up again and then they build up yeah. and they knock down and they go back again yeah. um, but they're one of the most amazing teams i i think they have a coach of the year candidate um mm-hmm. they have an mvp at wide receiver um i think also they might have a top three quarterback at quarterback um, in the league, if you ask him and then the numbers are there and some of the way that some of these other quarterbacks are dropping off like flies through injuries and how how Brock Purdy, you don't know who's week to week. I'll definitely take a Tua rather than a Brock Purdy right here, right now. So Miami, number two, they deserve to be the second best team in the league. And, you know, watch out uh, Miami in the deep in the Super Bowl. That'd be uh, interesting. Be At least the AFC championship. Yeah, no, I have to agree with you there. And uh, in that case, that leaves only one Malcolm. And we know who that number one is. The Baltimore Ravens. Uh, I think the Ravens have played incredible football this year uh, after not necessarily having the hottest start. They have been incredible at 12 and three. Uh, you've seen them going on a strong run, uh, you know, starting the year off. Uh, we really saw them getting it going against, uh, you know, a lot of teams early on only to lose to the Steelers. So their losses this year have been uh, Steelers, the Browns, and then losing as well to, uh, let me just double check here, the Colts. So all interconference losses outside of the uh, Colts game the Steelers and Browns losses were both one score losses in regulation. The Colts loss was in overtime. So, you know, they are potentially uh, three and a half possessions away from being undefeated this season. And no one's really talking about how incredible they have played throughout this year. Tough opponents, easy opponents. They get the job done. They're my number one team heading into week 17. And I have a feeling they'll be my number one team heading into the playoffs as well. Malcolm, who do you have at your number one spot? At number one, 
I, I also have the Ravens. And here's a, a Mark Ingram quote about a year ago. I'm about that. I'm outside the bank. If anyone got anything to say, come see me. I would like to welcome the MVP frontrunner Lamar Jackson in the flesh. Big trust. And that's exactly what he's doing. And it makes a lot of the analytics or the analytics. Mm-hmm. It makes all of the people who said he was a running back. It makes every team in the NFL um, foolish for not for passing on him. He was drafted in the second round behind Hayden Hurst, our guy. It's tight end. Baltimore had a, the, the second pick. And then they chose Hayden first. And then in the second round, they chose Lamar Jackson. He took it with stride, said, you know, I'm a Raven. I don't care about all that other stuff. And they took uh, Harbaugh, took the ownership around him and surrounded him with talent and remodified their style of play around him mm-hmm. um, and not to mention I know it's all Lamar but the defense is playing out of their mind I mean you got Jade Avian Clowney Patrick Queen my man Roquan from Chicago they just picked up every uh, bad guy from other places yep. and compiled them on the Ravens to make, uh, you know, the axis of evil, if you will. <laughs> They're not the axis of evil. We're not going to go Genevieve, that far. Cloudy taking Maybe out Lawrence. They, Don't tell me that wasn't personal. Let's go with Legion of Doom and not a okay. fascist organization <laughs> of nations. <laughs> Okay, the, the the Legion of Doom yeah. now in Baltimore, or the or Legion of Boom Six, or whatever two. you want to call it, like <laughs> the Sinister Six. That's sick. Yeah. Um, but this team is solid. They're balanced. You got to touch Lamar, like you said yourself. If you can't touch Lamar, you got to figure that out. Yeah. Um, and if he's playing like this, they're about to roll over everybody. I think. In my heart of heart, I think Philly playing at their top level could be the only team that could probably counteract Lamar just from a time of possession aspect. And I hopefully they have the uh, interior defensive lineman, the Georgia D lineman that could get yeah. up to Lamar Jackson. Well, I mean, my Super Bowl pick is uh, not looking great right now with Chiefs v. Niners. Uh, the mm-hmm. Chiefs need to do some correcting. But, uh, you know, it would be great to see Baltimore back in a Super Bowl. This would be a third era Ravens team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've witnessed every era of Baltimore. They always have each era. They have a team that makes a run. And this one <laughs> might be the team that makes okay. the run. Uh, it's like it's yeah, like clockwork, thing, like though. the Marlins in baseball. <laughs> like they're going to make a run when right. things change. But how what are we going to do if we see a, a Cleveland Baltimore AFC championship game? We're going to love it. With Schlacko, the story. We're going to love it. They'll set the fire to the Cuyahoga River again in Cleveland. The river will burn. And in Baltimore, they're going to go. They'll go to the towers. Marlo's name will ring out from the towers. Trigger bell. We'll get Marlo out there. They're going to walk out to Marlo and they're going to walk out to the, you know, to getting you some uh, to the Omar theme. And you're going to have a Michael K. Williams R.I.P. thing and it's going to be a big deal. Bodie will be there in person, Malcolm. And Poot, Bodie and Poot, Bodie and Poot will be there. And LeBron, you know, LeBron, LeBron is going to be there. All of, us, all of a sudden, I, now he's back in the Cleveland Browns, you know, it's not for custom me, jersey. Malcolm, it's not for me to say, because as you see, I am as white as they come. But I think if Lamar won a Super Bowl, it would be the blackest thing in NFL Super Bowl history outside of Doug Williams being the first black quarterback to right. win. Super Bowl. And I I think this is what the league and I agree with you. And I think this is what the league needs because Lamar, um, I think he would be a great ambassador for the NFL. I'm talking internationally because there's a lot of people that are are doing their things in Europe. And he'd get the youth back into football because the youth in America is lacking in football. More and more kids are not going towards football. Right. And I think Lamar could be a catalyst to get the next generation of players to play. Well, we never got Michael Vick winning a Super Bowl. You know, Allen Iverson got to an NBA final, but he never won that NBA yeah. championship. We never, that's something that always eluded us was mm-hmm. the, um, the anti getting yeah. all the way 
to the top. And yeah. this is the greatest shot. I guess the closest thing we had was when Detroit Pistons won the NBA championship. That was the closest thing I, I would think of, like that type of energy. Yeah. But um, I think this would be, he'd be bigger than Allen Iverson. He'd be bigger. I, I don't know anything that we, there'd be an interesting conversation between if, if Lamar Jackson could catch Patrick Mahomes and who's the best ever and things of that nature. So, yeah. but we don't want to count them too early. No. But um, with Lamar winning a Super Bowl, yeah, that would be the blackest thing the NFL's ever done. Yeah, no. And we'll uh, end it there because, <laughs> I mean, that is what we're waiting to see is what will happen when these playoffs hit. We've got two weeks left to go. Uh, Malcolm and I will be back and better than ever. Next time we'll be here Friday with a full preview of the action coming in week 17 and give you our picks for lock, upset, and game of the week. And uh, we'll have some NBA discussions coming up here, too, as we get closer and closer to the halfway point in the in the NBA. And we had some fun games on Christmas Day as well that we'll talk about. But as Super Bowl champion with corn rolls, I mean, <laughs> that's what we want. That's what we want. No, a hundred percent. Just diversity. A hundred percent. But as always for the Sports the Show, I'm DJ Pat Nasty and I'm here with Malcolm Marzet. And we will catch you guys next time on the Sports the Show.
be honest, man, I'm a little bit preoccupied Trying to get to levels that fucking with you cannot provide I only came to hit a lick cause this is not the vibe Soon as I get my hands on some paper, I'm about to slide Peace out to your baby boy and sayonara, bro I'ma holla at you later, probably not tomorrow, though Got an appointment at the bank with a cashier We trying to get them M's, kinda like we did last year Let's go. We just focusing on them M's Wide bodies in the lamb in the front. Big beats on repeat, four grams in the blunt. No keys on my rings, had my hands in it once. Went from white to the mic, now it's a jam in a month. We still wearing masks in a barrel full of cash. You living for the moment, you could die in the flash. They fucking up the packages and plans getting changed. We gon' stand in the rain till we land in the range. This is third coast shit, whoa, birds don't sit. We gon' wrap them up in plastic, go and serve those quick. Uh, half full, first drag my first through the snow. My leg bag full of freeze that I submerge full of blow. Uh, smile in my face, know they hating the secret. They wanna see me down bad, know they waiting and peeking. I'm never gonna quit, I got fire on the strip. No one wants they hear his vibe and we some riders off the rip. Let's go. We just focusing on them M's. Got a stash in the bank and a stash in the crib. We just focusing on them M's. Started with a G, worked my way to an M. We just focusing on them M's. Dollars in the pounds and the euros in the yen. We just focusing on them M's. Millie after Millie, we gon' do it again. But you can't hide, don't matter if you 5, 10, or 8, 9 When I pull up from my waistline, it bang like Kawhi from the baseline The people hear about it through the grapevine They kill them on FaceTime, what a waste of a great mind huh? The 5'7 spitting like K-Shot Gucci, Louis, Fendi, Prada, bitch, I feel like Krayshawn Whips, we hop inside of my Benhamma, dropping A-bombs Stay calm, mini Mac 11, splashing napalm Ice, water, Raekwon, diamond cut, invisible set Gucci collars, only thing I want to snake on Breaking dawn, give me a check I'll make a song about money, power, respect Fly garments and text Buy my daughter a guest Pay phone call to connect Great Nordica sweats Big chain fall on my neck Dames calling for sex And money trying to finesse Aim above your vest Your brains fall on your chest, huh? Gun walls galore Going slug for slug Get slug Going slug for slug Get way too deep to sleep Niggas keep it's a war going on outside, nobody say, huh? Gun walls galore, going slug for slug, get this way, way too deep to sleep, to, to, to sleep. niggas keep, keep up, cause certified killers creep, creep, creep. When it rains and heavy chains, swing, slamming car doors, ice in the ring, doing parkour, got enough cash in the shoebox stash to fund a small war, took her to the mall, now she face down on all fours. Deep in the slums, fall asleep with my gun She gon' let me sprinkle cum between her teeth and her gums You really think she the one? Fell in love with a slut, bitch, we on the run She just wanna have fun and suck dick, huh? Niggas can barely pay the rent I'm up 50k in jewels, looking like a walking lick Every line dope, I be talking like a brick 03 Sour Diesel got me coughing like I'm sick The black John Wick Clip long as a yardstick Aim sharp enough, I can shoot a tick off a dog's dick Niggas don't be on shit Raw as a porn flick Mick keeping funky as corn chips, what the fuck? Gun walls galore, going slug for slug get Going slug for slug get Way too deep to sleep, niggas keep it's a war going on outside, nobody safe, huh? Gun walls galore, going slug for slug, get this way, way too deep to sleep, niggas keep up, cause certified killers, killers creep. Godzilla, king of the monsters, alive, surging up from the depths of the sea on a tidal wave of terror to wreak vengeance on mankind. One nation under 
God indivisible. Cow money, that's the ritual. Do you believe? Huh? Oh, shit.